Blow up your TV. Throw away your paper. Go to the country. Build you a home. Plant a little garden. Eat a lot of peaches. Try and find Jesus on your own. expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, Exploring Solutions for Life Today, a presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. See ya, Dave. Grab it to me. There's Dave Fleming. If you're watching on YouTube, wave, Dave. It's the Dave wave. It's the vid. Vid on, for victory. Yeah, on video. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life. You know, there's a great Today. line in there that uh, people caught it. They can go back and replay it. It says, uh, it's time to expose and release what's been killing me. Mm. That's that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today, right? Yeah, that, uh, yeah. Solutions for yeah. Uh, solutions for is preventiveness that we can do to prevent relapse, right, right? right? Part two. So last month on this show we did part one, relapse prevention, uh, and we barely scratched the surface. And so today we're going to wrap it up with part two. And you've got some uh, some good stuff for us to talk about on how to. Um, Cut it off at the pass, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, we don't fall back into relapse. So a few shows ago on the other shows that we did, I talked about the song Blow Up Your TV. Because uh, we talked about just unplug from all this crazy stuff on the media. Right. And if you're sitting in front of the boob tube soaking it up all day, no wonder you're watching, depressed. Right? Watching fear porn. Right. Fear porn. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that song was written by John Pine. Uh, and that was him actually singing it. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of versions of it. I like the John Denver version too, but that that was John Prine's version. So uh, just go to YouTube and type in Blow Up Your TV, John Prine. It's really great. Listen to the whole thing. I can't play the whole thing for copyright reasons, obviously. Right. Uh, but it's great stuff. So sometimes maybe that's not a bad idea. Maybe that could be a relapse prevention tool. Stop watching fear porn. Right. Right? You got to... You got to unplug, and we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about yeah. that. That uh, how that plays into uh, relapse prevention. So, um, I think it's time, Dave. What time is it? What time is it, uh-huh. Monty? Oh, it's time for Dave and Monty. That's right. Icebreaker. 
Broom! I need a broom! Uh, yes, what a mess. Okie dokie! All right, we got five uh, little ditties here. Uh, the victim's jewelry was missing, the electronics were gone, and a window was smashed. No wonder she was hysterical when an officer of the Calgary police arrived. Then her French-speaking father called. Speaking in French, she explained that it was all a scam, Dave, in order to get the insurance money. What she didn't suspect was that Officer Meharu <laughs> spoke six languages, including French. Bonjour les amis, bienvenue dans ce nouvel épisode de... <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, 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 that, that's always interesting when people all of a sudden, you know, you, you start speaking their language and they, they kind of look at you like, oh... Crap. Yeah, right. Uh, How uh, much have you it? been hearing? <laughs> NCI, uh, was it NCIS, NCI, uh, yeah. Los Angeles, or mm-hmm. the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ice-T? No, not Ice-T. Uh, what's the other guy's name? The other guy. I know you're talking anyway, about. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. he does this all the time. Like, people will start speaking in, you know, Vietnamese or, right. you know, whatever. And, right. and he he just sits there and looks at him, and he, then he responds and that... <laughs> language and they're just like oh crap oh they, no they understood what i said <laughs> well uh here's story number two on the icebreaker when an attempted robbery at a lowell's home improvement uh star- i always say lowell's it's lowe's right yeah. lowe's L-O-W-E-S. there's no there's no l at the there's end there's no l in there i don't know why i say that uh well anyway an attempted robbery at the home improvement store went awry milton j hodges fled across the street jumped a fence <laughs> right into the Cypress Grove nudist resort and spa as the Orlando Sentinel. Lots of things go on in Florida. Uh, They're just off the chain. As they pointed this out, as the only guy wearing clothing, well, (laughs) it was easy to point him out. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, that may be what he said. Good thing he wasn't jumping the fence with no clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, he didn't get lucky and and his clothes didn't catch on the fence. Right. Right. Yeah. So then he would have yeah. blended in. Uh, okay, number three. Uh, I love this. Don't you hate it, Dave, when you suffer a heart attack and think you're going to die so you confess to a 17-year-old murder? Yikes. Only to find out that you're not going to die and to get sentenced to life in prison as a result. Well, that sucks. Yes, it does. Uh, James Washington in Nashville. Well, that's what happened to James. Bummer. He didn't uh, put that on his fourth step. (laughs) Right. Uh, Zippity dude. All right, number four, around in the corner here. An Iowa City man had his driver's license stolen. Uh, Then who showed up at the bar where he worked as a bouncer, but the thief brandishing the bouncer's very own driver's license? There you go, right? Some call it karma. Some call it what goes around comes around. Some call it you reap what you sow. But what happened to this guy was simply... He got bounced out of there, Dave. Yes, indeed. Wow. <laughs> oh, these people are crazy. Uh, just, it's amazing stuff. All right, here's the last one. Here's the last one, Dave. 
evidently. <laughs> I just come on. Oh boy, evidently there's nowhere to hide in Kansas City uh, when you have tummy trouble. <laughs> a 34-year-old jewelry thief was caught outside a jewelry store due to indigestion. Uh, after Kansas City police arrested, uh, I mean searched, sorry, after they searched the premises for their suspect, they were about to give up on the search when some interesting sounds began to uh, protrude from underneath a car parked outside the establishment. As the strange sounds got louder and more frequent, it wasn't too difficult for the officers to locate the suspect <laughs> due to his intense flatulation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and later, um, the thief admitted that he had been oh, suffering Lord. from gas pains all day. <laughs> Some people's kids... Oh, my goodness. All right. Did that break the ice enough for you? <clears throat> yeah, I think that's... Uh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, that does it for our icebreaker. And when we come back, uh, the topic, relapse prevention, part two, some solutions for you to consider. Don't go away. <laughs> Hey there, it's the Monty Man. Did you know that Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are listener supported? What that means is we don't receive any financial assistance from advertising products or services that have nothing to do with health or recovery, but are supported by you, our listeners. Any other promotions we commit to are purely our way of sponsoring other endeavors we feel are beneficial to the recovery community. Well, one thing we have learned all too well in our second decade of broadcasting is that we receive not because we ask not. Therefore, three times a year, we come to you, our listeners, for help. Because we are listener-supported, we depend on your donations to keep us on the air our listening audience has helped us to do just that. And once again, we are asking for your support. If you feel that Take 12 Recovery Radio is a valuable part of breaking the stigma of addiction and a resource of recovery from the world's number one health crisis, we ask that you consider becoming a Take 12 partner. To donate any amount or to sign up for a reoccurring monthly donation, simply visit our website at take12radio.com and scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the Donate button. All proceeds go directly to pay for our expenses to continue to bring you the best in recovery talk and positive music. Won't you consider partnership today? Thank you and God bless. Hi, this is Colin Meyer, the producer of the Welcome to the Table podcast, and you are listening to the recovery talk and positive music of Take 12 Recovery Radio. Yeah, 
Yes, indeed. Many people have the mist from the smoke of a distant fire uh, as of late uh, around here. That was 1977, uh, the Sanford Townsend band with their song Smoke of a Distant Fire. Uh, I, I just had to play that because just in the last couple days, right, we've seen some blue skies. Right. You know? We had, what, a day and a half of, like, rain, constant rain. Constant rain. Yeah. They cleared it up, which caused other problems, uh, but not as bad as they thought they would cause. Um, but, man, it, it's been rough. I'll take rain over fire. Oh, day. my gosh. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's, it's been a mess. It's been a mess. Um, and the Willamette Valley there for a while had the, the worst air quality index in the world because of the way the way the valley sits and right. all of it was trapped in there, you know. Um, so our, our prayers and our thoughts go out to all the, the folks that lost their homes and their businesses and were displaced and uh, now slowly uh, rebuilding and moving back in. I mean, it, it's traumatic, traumatic stuff. Yeah. And and when things like this happen, of course, like like the whole COVID thing and it really matters not what side of the fence you believe all that stuff. The fact is that it's very stressful. It's very traumatic. And we we know, we've watched, Dave, right, that the, the relapse rates and the, the abuse rates well, have increased. They've skyrocketed since the, all of the, since the quarantine started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been crazy. So... Uh, we, so we're going to be talking about some of the solutions and some of the preventative things you can do uh, to head this whole relapse thing off at the pass. Uh, my microphone is doing weird things, so I'll fix that. There we go. Okay. Um, yeah. So, Dave, launch us forth uh, on this. Well, before we do, let me just review really quickly. Last time, really quickly, really quickly. Um, last time, last month, on the third uh, Monday of the month, we, we launched forth on relapse prevention part one. We talked about signs of emotional relapse, uh, such as anxiety, intolerance, anger, defensiveness, all those things. We talked about signs of mental relapse, uh, hanging out with using friends, fantasizing about using, and a whole list of those kind of things as well. Uh, emotional relapse, mental relapse, and physical relapse. So we talked a lot about the problems, but now we want to kind of focus in on the solutions. So Dave, kind of launch us forth on this, brother. Uh, let's see where 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 should we start? Um, I'm just going to share a little bit of my experience because you know I believe that the where I ended up beginning my process of finally actually getting into recovery yeah, will work for anybody. They just have to apply themselves. And so, you know, we've talked about this before. Like the only thing you got to change is everything. everything. And, sure. You know, some, sometimes that, I mean, that sounds ridiculous and sounds overwhelming. And what, what is that? You know, I can't, I don't understand. Like that's ridiculous. I, and so I, and I, first time I heard that, that term, uh, I thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. Second time I heard it, you know, I'm sitting in, I'm sitting in jail after my last DUI and I had to break that down and what that, you know, what that looks like. Uh, because I knew at that point, um, I needed to start listening to the people that were in recovery or the things that I actually heard, uh, in treatment uh, meetings that I'd never applied because I always, you know, thought I'm just going to do it my way because I'm smarter. Right. Right. Sure. <laughs> right. Sure. 
Yeah. Uh, that doesn't work for me. You know, I, I, I can, you know, make this work my way. And so I got to that point where I had to decide that I'm going to do it the way that it's laid out and do it to the best of my ability for an entire year. And if it doesn't work out, I can always go back to doing what I was doing. That's kind of where I started off. Hey, can you do some, do me a favor? Yeah. We're going to pause just for a second. Listeners, bear with me just for a second. I want to, I want to check something out here on our, on our sound. Um, Thanks for bearing with me there. I, I thought I saw something uh, on the software that wasn't working, and it's working fine. So my mistake. Um, better better safe than sorry. Th- thank you. Thank in, you. In, in construction, <laughs> we say uh, uh, measure twice, cut once. Yes. You always got to verify that right, it's, right. it's the correct things are working And it correctly. looked, it, everything said it was good, but then it just, you get used to looking at the meter and going, those little little itty bitty lines don't look quite 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 right, but they're they're fine. So right. go ahead. I'm sorry. So okay. So uh, start at the beginning. So it, that process was uh, I can't change who I am. Only God can do that, or right. higher, a higher power, or whatever. Yeah. And so I didn't even focus on that portion of it. I focused on what can I do. You know, what can I change? And so if I look at a changing, change, doing the opposite of of what I've been doing that I feel has caused a problem, right? Because in mm-hmm. the beginning, I'm not going to know everything. I'm just going to know where I have failed in the past. Yeah, you're not going to get it just because you walked right. in the doors, right? So, you know, obviously the first, for me anyway, I, I mean, my, my head was, uh, you know, I had this spiritual intervention while I was in detox. Mm-hmm. God came in and removed my, removed my obsession and the obsession and mm-hmm. like, the, you know they talk about, you know pulling the the, the veil or the scales off the right. eyes and it was like everything was super clear, and so uh, it's like okay so first of all what do I do when I go when I end up in the same situation, mm-hmm. you know hey God I'll you know or whatever uh, higher power out there. Uh, help me get out of this one, and I'll never do it again. Right? Sure, that's usually the foxhole that, prayer. Yeah, right. And so I had to look at that. What does that look like? So now I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for the people that have uh, put up with my BS, stuck by me, mm-hmm. um, and ask for guidance and you know um, the clarity to uh, start to understand what. I need to work on. Mm-hmm. And so uh, asking for help was the next one because I never, you know, I never told anybody right, what was going on in my life because if I don't, if nobody knows, right, except for what you tell them so I can come up with whatever. Sure. Uh, if nobody knows and it doesn't exist. <laughs> well, least- <laughs> yeah. It does. But, so. Yeah. You know, you 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 have a you know persona or whatever. I guess mm-hmm. back in the day uh, that you wanted to project, and a lot of times for me anyway, I, I worked in uh, clubs and security, and you know, on the dark side, you know, yeah, you, so know, you were around it all with the time. criminals, and so I, you had to put on a persona or you know the, to basically protect yourself. Sure. And so it was always at everything's at arm's length, even with people that. Uh, friends and 
girlfriends or whatever, it was like the only you only tell so much. Mm-hmm. Like you can't tell everybody everything mm-hmm. because then you're gonna be vulnerable and and people are gonna use it against you. Yeah, right. Because that's yeah. what I what I felt. And and the other thing after you know, so I started asking for help. Uh, telling people what was going on, you know, I called my, somehow I was able to call my boss when I was in jail and he said, told him what was going on. He said, yeah, we kind of figured something like that happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about in recovery, how you, the, the addict is usually the last one to figure it out. Sure. That they have a problem. And they, he's like, well, we were going to send somebody out looking for you. And I was like, Wow. I'm thinking to myself, why would you do that? You don't even know me. Right? Right. Because here again, there's that arm's length. Don't let everybody know anything about you because I can't use it against you. And um, he's like, yeah, you got, you know, you can come back to your job when you're done, when you get things sorted out. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. So then I, you know, I called my. Yeah, I called my pastor, you know, Pastor Tom. I didn't, you know, it was one of these guys that helped helped us out when we moved to Minnesota and um, always kept him, you know, in my back pocket mm-hmm. as a resource uh, when we needed help with something. Like I could always go and, you know, get diapers or get a gas card so I can get go to work or whatever because mm-hmm. I spent all my money on drugs. At that time, <clears throat> so he comes down. I told him what's, or told him what's going on, and he uh, uh, he says, "What's it going to take to get you out of here?" And I said, "I said twenty five hundred bucks." He goes, "Okay, I'll be back tomorrow." Wow! I was like, "What?" Again, I was like, "Why would you do that?" Like, you don't. And I never even I never asked for help because I learned early on. Um, when I asked for help, I got knocked down and told, suck it up. You pay the consequences. And Right. You so made you, your you choices. Did, you, yeah, yeah, you did the deal, so you, you deal with the consequences. Lay in the bed so, you made. You bet. And, and I think they learned that when I was very young. I mm-hmm. got, got in trouble, and and uh, my mom told them to keep me in jail. You know, I was, I was probably 14. Yeah. 13 or 14. And so that was like, okay, so when I need help, I know that. I better not ask. Sure. Because. Sure. So I just got better at being a criminal. That's all. <laughs> Which was, you know, looking back at just insane. But uh, so uh, the next day, you know, he didn't show up actually. And so I was like, oh, here we go. Another person let me down. And I just heard this, you know, God talking to me and saying in my, in all my spirit saying, you know what, <laughs> you know what, dude, you're in a safe space right now, so maybe he's got something else uh, or somebody else to help that needs more than you do right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. Again, I was like doing my foxhole prayer, or not my foxhole prayer, but my prayer that I've done for a while. It's like, if there is a God and you want to work in my life, give me a sign. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> the we're sitting there watching this movie. And I'm just trying to lay some groundwork here. We're watching this movie, uh, Creation versus Evolution, which is an odd thing to be showing in a jail. They don't ever show anything that yeah, has, an, that, has anything to do with any kind of religion. Right. And they're like throwing scripture in there, and they're basically showing how the Bible and and, and archaeology kind of prove each other. Mm-hmm. 
And in the, in the middle of this video, all of a sudden it says, Jesus said, if you can't believe, all things are possible. And I about fell off my chair because that's a scripture I heard when I came out of my blackout um, before I got my DUI. It was That was what I heard, and I was like, okay, that's just kind of odd. And uh, that's the scripture that I was like, I think it's Mark 9.23 or something like that. And so that's – God's kind of given me that scripture uh, when I need a sign or need a, a word of right. encouragement along the way. It's happened quite a number of times even after I've moved here to Oregon. So anyway, so I get uh, – so he ends up coming back the next day and bails me out. And basically somebody in the church got in a car accident. And so he was at the hospital with them. So that was like all wow. this confirmation of, you know, people actually helping me when I asked for help. Right. And, you know, if I just, you know, be patient and do what I'm, do what I need to do, do what I'm supposed to do, things, things work out. And so when I got out, you know, I, uh, I ended up, uh, you know, going to meetings, and my thing was I'm going to go to meetings every day for, you know, the first thing, you, what I used to hear was go to 90 meetings in 90 days, and I I said to myself, I'm just going to go to meetings every day. I didn't want to put like a, like a time cap on thing it. On it's it. like, yeah. I'm just going to go, and, because I already made that, uh, you know, I made that deal with God, like... You know, I'll do this for a year to my best of my ability. Right. Uh, and so that was part of the deal is I, I went and um, – so I had to, you know, find – I went to all kinds of different meetings. You want NA, AA, uh, DRA, which is dual recovery. And, um, it covers, like, any mental health. Any, yeah. And, and it, that's anything from, like, ADHD to schizophrenia and kind of everything in between. Um. So you you just you just want to make sure you were checking everything out you could. Well, I just you know I got to f- go to a meeting every day, and so there's so why not, not right? Yeah, and there's yeah. not a so I you know checked out different types of meetings, speaker meetings, step meetings, uh, call up big book call up meetings. Um, I went to uh, out of the area to meetings so that I kind of got a different experience. Um, okay, so let me I'm writing this down. So 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 number one solution right right check out multiple meetings is that a good idea yeah i mean if nothing else just start going to meetings and start uh you know listening there's nothing wrong with shopping around either right well i think you have to do that and that's where going to a meeting every day yeah going to different ones helps with that process yeah um and i've heard people say you know go to Go to a meeting and then do it for a couple months because you're not going to really find out if it's a good fit for you. Exactly. After you, uh, one week. You can't or make after a good call on two that. Weeks or right. Whatever. Right. Because um, that, I mean, that, things like that happened to me while I was in early recovery. Like, you know, um, I would sit there and go, okay, is there something not, that I need to learn from this if it uh-huh. wasn't a good situation? Or if it was a little uncomfortable, 
I had to like look at it like, is this something that I need to change in me or is this just not a good fit? Um, and so there's meetings that I didn't go, you know, I went to for a couple months and then I stopped going because it just, it wasn't a good fit. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I, you know, I, well, I'm, while I was doing that, I was also doing service work. So I was, you know, setting chairs up, making coffee. Okay. Um, so number two, service work, getting plugged in, not just being a spectator. Right. Uh, it's a it's a huge thing because I for me I looked at it this way in my addiction uh, how how much time did I spend spend on my addiction and you know people Tons. say oh I only used you know on the weekends or whatever <laughs> and it's like no it's for me I, I consider and rationalize and justify but it's twenty four seven yeah. Because I'm either, you know, I'm either thinking about it, I'm looking for it, I'm waiting for it, right? I'm using it, right? And then I'm getting over the effects, right? And then starting the whole process yeah, over again. Good point. Really right? good point. Yeah. And so it's like, how do I, if I change everything, so then I need to change the time I spend, you know, on my recovery, right? Right. And so I thought that it's a very, reasonable thing to expect that to switch out going to a meeting every day what's that an hour maybe two hours Mm -hmm. um uh, in exchange for what i was doing so you got got meetings and then you got service work because I, i also had to learn along the way that you know in order for me to repair damage or you know make amends um there are things that I need to do to, you know, there's oftentimes uh, I can't make amends to people, places or things because either they don't exist or they've died or, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And so how, how do I, how do I uh, fix that? How do I ration, you know, how, how do I process that in my making amends? Because sometimes it'll keep you stuck. Uh, and so doing service work was that for me. It's like thinking about it going, okay, so the way that I can uh, make amends is to be of service to others, right? Right. And to not use again. Yeah. So we would call – some would call that the living amends portion of the right. program. And, and so and – I, and I think – one of the things my sponsor taught me a long time ago was – there, like you said, there are going to be times when it's inappropriate. There are going to be times when people need to process, and it, you shouldn't be jumping into that yet. You certainly right. shouldn't be doing that when you first get into recovery. That's why it's step nine, not step one. Right. You know, um, but it is a direct amends when possible. But there's going to be times when it's not. People have passed on. Right. You can't get in back in touch with people. They're gone. Whatever it is, or. Uh, you don't ever want to make an amends at the cost of the other person, right? right. So he, uh, Bruce used to tell me, as long as you stay willing to make that amends, if the if the opportunity arises and it becomes appropriate, right? Um, and then in between that time, you do exactly what you were doing. You actually live it and walk it out. And, and there's thing. I mean, I got tested the first week I got out of treatment 
And, you know, what that looks like is, is I'm going to the grocery store, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm buying food and I, they give me too much change back. And right. so what do I do? Do I put it in my pocket and walk, walk away or do I say something? Well, and in that, when you're in the moment, you know, all this stuff for me played through my head, mm-hmm. like instantaneously. It's like you almost like in slow motion. It's like, you know, what's the right, th- what's the next right thing to do? Cause sure. that was, you know, you're only have to think changes everything. And then what's the next right thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, mm-hmm. or do the next right thing, whatever that is. And so, you know, I give, I say, Hey, you know, you gave me too much change back. Right. Um, then I think it was, you know, might have been. Maybe it, this is all. This all happened in a week, you know, at, at the same grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know, I go out to my truck, uh, and there's a shopping cart uh, next to my truck, right? And in you know the the seat mm-hmm. part, there's a four pack of wine coolers. Ah, right. Hello, Dave. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously, this is like. This is like not happening. Jesus gave me wine coolers. Right. Yeah, right. Turn turn some <laughs> some rainwater into wine. And so, you know, I go I brought it back into the store to customer service and I said, "Hey, you know, yeah. uh somebody left this." And they're looking at me like I'm freaking like I'm have you insane. lost your mind. Like, yeah. And then um oh, it was something <laughs> stupid like uh, a can of chili or something right fell through and it was at the bottom of the cart and no, we neither one of us you know we, nobody caught it yeah and so i went back in and, and you know paid for it and again i got you know i got looks and i've had that happen you know multiple times you know before we moved out here i had to do some work uh at the house we were living in and i bought this sander and a bunch of stuff and um the 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 price it didn't seem right, and the whole way out to my 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 truck, I'm thinking something's not right here. This, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm think running through like all the stuff I bought. I'm like, there's no way that this was only, you know, forty dollars. Right. right, the sander I think was like fifty bucks. So I'm yeah. like, and I'm looking at the receipt, and I'm like, she didn't charge me for the the sander. So you know, it, my brain's going, you know, should I just go? You know, this is years into my recovery. And I no, I got to, you know, you got to do the next right thing. And so I go into customer service and I said, hey, the the girl I knew, she was new, so she was in training. And I basically, I paid. (laughs) The lady from customer service called somebody, her, you know, coworker over. She goes, hey, check this out. Tells her, explains to her what the situation was. And they both kind of look at me like, what is wrong with you? You know, got Mm -hmm. that kind of look. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you got a free free sander like i'm just like no this is this is the right thing to do and yeah. so uh because in my in my old life if i would have you know got some free money or got some free stuff i'd just say you know thanks lord wouldn't have thought twice about it yeah right or, yeah god I'm, I'm you know whatever uh so uh that stuff you know comes up in your early recovery and that's you know those things you got to do the next right thing whatever that is so um, let's let's okay so i need to be i'm just going to do a live moment break here for a minute a list uh yeah checking it, it twice but but uh we need to we need to, i need to stop because i need to to make a plea here okay um and then we're going to come back but so so um 
listeners, just just bear with me for a minute while we put this on pause. Listen, you heard me talk about uh, earlier in the show, you heard a pre-recorded message about, um, you know, donating to our program. All right. We, uh, and I need to let you know this, listeners, we are past August. August is our big, everything becomes due date. We have other due dates for bills for the, for the radio program, but August is the big one. And we have, uh, we are a couple of our major sponsors are MIA. <laughs> I don't know what happened to them. Um, and so we are, uh, we are falling short of our expenses. We are past due on some things. And, uh, because of some grace given by, uh, some of our service providers, uh, we're okay, but we are in need of your help. If you would prayerfully consider donating to take 12 recovery radio and nobody get, gets a paycheck here. This is all volunteer. Uh, the money that we raise goes to keeping us on the air and uh, for the maintenance of our equipment and so forth. Uh, if you would consider that, I would really, really appreciate it. Um, if you decide that is something that you would like to do, uh, you can actually sign up for a reoccurring payment um, or you can give a one-time gift. No amount's too small. You simply visit us at take12radio.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page and on the left-hand side, there's a donate button. Click on it and I'll tell you how you can do that. Okay. Uh, my plea is done. <laughs> uh, there, well, I think that's important, and we're we're still in September, and September is is National Recovery Month. It is National Recovery and Month. I, yes, you know it's one of those things uh, that if we we're giving back, um, you know, if if what we're doing here is helping you, you know, uh, just if you if you like to 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 d- donate, like kind of when you go to a meeting, right, you donate a dollar or whatever. Sure. You know, like Monty said, there's no no amount too small. Um, and people think, well, I mean, I can only give five dollars, I can give three dollars, or whatever. That's okay, right? That's okay. You know, it's the widow's might, right? It's the whole story about the lady who gave a penny versus the, you know, and that's all she had versus the guy that gave hundreds and he had tons anyway. Who gave most? The lady right. that gave the penny, right? And yeah. that's uh, you know, those are you know. Uh, when when I when you talk about those things, uh, it reminds me of times where we were you know struggling mm-hmm. uh, in when I was in you know recovery. It's like what am I going to do? You know I need to I need to come up with like two hundred dollars to pay this bill or whatever because right we haven't paid it for two months because it's times you know we ain't no money coming in yeah. And uh, I've had times where you know you hear about these stories about people getting money in the mail they weren't expecting that's happened to me a couple times sure and it was like wow i I, wasn't expecting that and so i i look at that as that's part of like getting getting back what i put in right yeah so service work helping other people um you know the however you want to look at god the universe whatever um looks out for us as long as you know i believe that we're doing the next right thing right yeah, we're, we're staying we're staying uh, true to uh, to the process. Right. Yep. Um, yep. So so let's let's review really quick so far. So I've got five things so far that that are tools to prevent relapse. Number one, uh, check out multiple meetings when you when you first get going. Check them out. Shop around. You got to find a, a home group. Um, it's okay to do some shop. Number two, uh, service work. Not just being a spectator, but being plugged in in some form of service, giving back. Number three, uh, exchange your drug time for recovery time. 
right? So, I mean, if you put half the, the effort in to your recovery as you did your drug seeking, you, no, you're, you're going to experience a positive change. Right. Uh, number four, well, of course, work the steps. We were talking about the amend step, you know, so actually apply and implement them. And then number five was what you were talking about is practice integrity. You know, you're right. talking about, you know, for the first time, all of a sudden, you know, that thing that shows up in the shopping cart or that extra change, you're, you're thinking differently. Dr. Rob Kelly talked about right. neuroplasticity. It changes our DNA and our we brain. We have that, that psychic change, as they say. Yeah. They, yeah, because, you know, because, and I don't know about if there's anybody else out there that has gone through this too. It's like, I, you know, sometimes people confuse uh, uh, cockiness or sometimes even uh, what looks like pride or, you know, like I take pride in, in my work. You know, they, mm -hmm. they kind of confuse uh, that with being prideful, right? And, and confidence, Right. There's right. There's a there's a lot. There's it's sometimes it's hard to it can be blurred determine, right? a little bit. Yeah. And so I used to think, you know, I'm you know, I used to do these things uh, partially even when I was not in recovery. Right. And so, you know, it's like the reality is, is like I have to actually follow through with with that, like the integrity. You know, I t mm -hmm. take pride in like doing what i say well am i really doing what i'm saying i'm doing am i and but in the before like i don't show up right yeah, if yeah. i don't show up i don't have to do anything right 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 nobody expects anything from me because i don't offer yeah any help or i don't show up i'm just doing stuff for me or right. if i need something that i'm gonna you know i may say hey you know if i can you know get some free work out of somebody i'd be like hey can, can you help me out mm-hmm um, so I have to I had to change all that being in recovery, actually, the integrity, right? Yeah. You have to actually uh, follow through with that. Um, can I can I speak this, continue on this integrity thing for a minute? Yep. Um, I know this is going to sound, some of you listening are going to go, well, yeah, that's not a big deal. I'm not going to pay attention to that. So one of the things that I learned, I think I spoke about this on a previous show, was the whole idea of not taking outside food into the movie theater. For me, that was an right. integrity issue, you know, and because the science says no outside food or drink. Okay, do they overcharge? Sure they do. Do you want to pay those fees? No, you don't. <laughs> but, but, and it's not illegal, but it's their policy. Well, I didn't see the sign. Or, uh, yeah, I didn't see the sign, you know, um, and and yet you're wearing that oversized coat with the large pockets, or your wife's emptied out her purse before, you know. right? So we we think sometimes that those things don't matter, but you know what they do because they pick away at your own integrity right. level, and that's the kind of stuff that picks away at your quality of recovery. Right. And when you practice on it, because we're talking about being honest, open minded, and willing, right? Right. That's when you when you practice honesty and integrity. Right, you strengthen that wall that you put between you and the dope man. You strengthen your recovery. You strengthen the quality of it. Um, little well, it's thing, like, you know, it's like you know, you're in early recovery. It's like, well, how do I do this? Right? Yeah. Well, you you just answered your own question. Like how? Right? Honesty. Oh, minus willingness. And willingness. Yeah. It's like okay, so then I have to break that down into each thing and and do those things and apply those. Principles. And that's what I'm talking about early on. That first week, I get challenged three times yeah 
Yeah. Are you gonna? Are you really gonna? Are you really gonna do what you say you're gonna do? Yeah. Are you? Do you really have integrity? And so I, you know, that whole thing. Um, a big part that we we haven't talked about yet. Uh, that that's probably just as important about as going to meetings is finding a sponsor. Yeah. And that's that's a whole another like show. I think is is. Like looking for a sponsor and what do you you know what do you look for that? and yeah, yeah yeah but you're right there's that accountability piece right. somebody that's been where you've been is living in victory over this thing and knows how to apply and implement the principles in your particular program right it's always it's looking at like I guess the easiest way to do this is like you find somebody that has a life that you you would like to have not exactly right you don't want to take their life but mm-hmm. you want a life similar to what they're doing so you're going to go. It's like any anything, you know, in business or, you know, uh, yeah. anything, playing music, sports, you're going to go and you're going to learn from somebody that's actually done it. You would think. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's yeah. kind of the idea. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, it, sometimes it doesn't work out with the first one. I think I had, you know, uh, three sponsors in the first year and it was only because one, one guy moved to New York mm-hmm. and then... Uh, and that's the guy I had before I even left treatment. Right. And then uh, I had another person that was kind of a conflict of interest. And so, and then, you know, uh, the guy that I, that I had uh, for a number of years uh, that uh, I still stay in contact with. He's, he's in Minnesota. Um, so, it's, so anyway, this, the sponsorship is a, is a big thing because yeah. you need someone to, to uh, process, you know, if you're doing step work, I, I totally uh, believe that you need to do step work. Get yourself a workbook and answer the, you know, find something that has questions in it and then answer the questions and then process it with your sponsor. Yeah, just going to a book study and reading a a, a, a paragraph and passing the book on yeah. to the next guy, that is not step work. Yeah, I mean, you you that may be a part of your yeah, step work. And, that's good. That's you know, healthy, you can but... take that and build upon whatever sure. you learned or you talked about in group, uh, in your whatever you know step work you were doing. Um, and it's also good to go into the first step meeting if you're in, in, a, in a group that does that. You know, they break up into steps, right? Um, and share what you've done up to that point. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, so the sponsor, because that's, I mean, even, you know, if I think I can figure this out my own, mm-hmm. because I, I, you know, I've got my, you know, two or three bookshelves full of uh, self-help books. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I got to say this because I've got friends that work for Hazelden. Okay. Yeah. And they're great folks. You know, some, some of the best books out there by Dr. Alan Berger are published by the Hazelden right. Publishing Company, okay? So I'm going to say this tongue-in-cheek. But Hazelden is the largest publisher of self-help books for people whose problem was self-help. They tried to do it on their own with themselves only. And I think that's what you're, you're, you're speaking of is having somebody else in your life that has permission to call you on your stuff, who's been where you've been, who has a compassionate heart, but sometimes needs to be firm, right? Well, you know, and I and I have to s- step up to Hazelden's defense because oh, I, I'm just I actually around. yeah, I know yeah. I actually worked in the publishing company. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I yeah. was actually packing the packing the books and the boxes and shipping right, them out. Right. Uh, that was actually before I even got sober, 
But uh, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But it's you know the materials that I've picked up along the way and, and things that I've learned because I used to volunteer at at, uh, at Hazel and I actually went to treatment there twice. Yeah. Because um, my insurance covered it. it was a crazy thing, but. Um, the idea is they give you the information and then you're supposed to use it. You're supposed yeah. to, and you're supposed to get use it with, you know, your sponsor or, you know, whoever. Right. But a lot of right. times they, they do stuff, people that are been in that are sponsors or that, you know, been in recovery for a long time that need some tune ups. Um those things are meant to enhance your recovery. Right. They're, they're not your recovery, yeah. but they're meant to enhance it. Yeah. That's good stuff. And uh, you know, and and uh it, meetings and stuff we were talking about you know places like uh hazelden at least where i was at they have what they call second sunday and you can go for used to be 10 bucks and get a a meal and oh nice listen to some speakers and then do some breakout groups what a deal yeah it was good you know I'm, i'm sure it's you know probably gone up to 20 but um if you have an opportunity to do those kind of things yeah do them you know um the more the better. The more the better. Yeah. The more you can like learn about yourself and about um, making some changes because there's a lot of things that I mean when I got into recovery is like I, I scared the crap out of me because I don't know how to live life. I didn't mm-hmm. know how to live life without some kind of chemicals in my system, legal or illegal. Sure. Right. Sure. You know now it's you know you got all these energy drinks that you know. That that are getting more and more caffeine. I saw some ad, in coffee, right? I saw some ad for this new coffee that's got like six hundred milligrams of Whoa! caffeine per, per cup. Yeah. Oh my goodness! That's on your heart, man. Yeah, you might as you know. It's like really, what do you wow. what do you really you know? You're like that one step before going back to the math. You know, so I was sitting and and Dave, my friend Dave B, uh, if he's listening to the show, he got a kick out of this. He was sitting next to me. This was, gosh, this was your, this is when Rockstar was really hitting it big time. Yeah. Right. And everybody in the meetings was showing up with rock stars, you know, or, or there's another one called Jokers. That was my favorite was Jokers. And these things were just loaded with horrible stuff for you um, that was camouflaged as healthy stuff, but it was such intense amounts of it that it was so bad. And so here, you know, we're bringing two or three cans, the large ones, and we're sucking these things down. Right. And, And Dave writes on his matchbook, he writes me a note and he's, and this is, this is in a 12 step meeting. And he writes me a note, and he slides it over to me, and I open it up, and it says, are we drinking for the effect? And I was like, wow, I am so busted, you know. And, yeah, and, and yeah he, he was right, because I, was, I wasn't I was drinking. I was, there was no moderation involved at all here. Right. It, was, it was behavior that it was old that had become current. And I really had to check myself. Yeah, I mean, those those are the things that you know we have to think about when we get into recovery. Because I know I tra- I traded, you want to trade it one addiction for another. Because yeah. once I got sober, you know now I'm I'm drinking. I, I remember for a while there I was going to Starbucks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was going stopping at Starbucks on the way to work and buying you know the 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 large 
you know, whatever with a couple extra shots. The extra, extra grande. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the mocha with, you know, a couple extra shots to it. It's like, and then I uh, got into Hot Wheels, right? And right. so I learned, there was a guy at work who taught me about all the you know special Hot Wheels to look for and like yeah. what stores got their shipments when. And so then I got into this whole thing with this obsession with Hot Wheels for a while. <laughs> And I, you know, I had to stop and think. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm spending, yeah, I'm spending just as much or more on this stuff mm-hmm. than I was on alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trading one mm-hmm. for the other. So, but these are the things we learn in recovery. We have to, and we, have, and if we're working the steps and we're meet, we're talking with a sponsor and we're actually going to meetings. Um, and I went to meetings almost every day. I went to meetings every day for just short of two years. Yeah, almost two years, and so. That was, uh, um, it, it helped me like not only share my experience, strength and hope, but also learn stuff from other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and found out that, you know, going to, uh, certain meetings, I was getting fed what I needed to get fed mm-hmm. that was missing the, the emotional sobriety. Mm-hmm. You go to a meeting and someone gives you a hug or you get a chip and you got, you know, we used to have this meeting where people would come up and more than one person would come up and like say something like, right. Hey, you helped me out when you said this a couple weeks ago and it like changed, whatever. Yeah. And I remember, you know, a couple times along the way early on, you know, I got eight people lined up to say something. I'm like, this is crazy. Wow. Or someone, you know, you go to a meeting and you walk in and, and someone gives you a hug and says, you know, I'm glad to see you. It's like, this is what I've been missing in my life. Right. Cause we all need that someone to, to say, Hey, I appreciate you. I'm glad you're here. You're doing a good job. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, if, if employers would do that more, uh, I think people would be happier in their job. And would that say, means more than a raise. Exactly. I am telling you, or a pen with a diamond in it or whatever, that affirmation, you know, I really appreciate your dedication to this job, you are really bringing valuable content to this place. That stuff, people will ride that for days. Yeah. But we don't do that. We're we're picking out the bad. We're picking out the, you know, you did this. You know, we have to be the change. You know, as they say, we have to be the change we want to see in the world. Yeah. So we have to do that part. And so that was another thing is like, I I have to, uh, when I, when I'm, around people or when I, when mm-hmm. the things that help me out, I have to give that same thing back. You know, I have to go give someone a hug when I, when, you know, I, there was a guy that, you know, that crashed into his house, you know, across the street from me. And, and the next day oh, yeah, uh, we were talking yeah. and I, you know, I gave him a hug, you know, and yeah. we got this, you know, everybody's worried about this whole virus thing. Right. I'm like, you know, that I don't care. You know, this is, Someone needs to know that, you know, it's okay. That someone gives a it's rep. It's okay if yeah. you mess up as long as you get on back on track and yeah. fix it. You know, and and those are the things that we need we need to do is when we see somebody in pain or see somebody needs help, we need to be that person that helps them out, not sit there and go, you know, that somebody should help them out. Right. Right? All right. Or, I remember when I had my first beer and then just drive off, you know. <laughs> Sucks for you. Well, you're talking about what we talk about, like in Alcoholics Anonymous, it talks about being the hands and feet, right? Right to to those who still suffer. If we're just 
take, take, take all the time. And I hear it all the time in meetings, Dave. Oh, yeah. I, I hear this. Well, I'm here for me. I'm here for me. This is my program. I'm here for me. Well, I get that in early recovery, but this is coming from people that have been going to meetings for decades. And that's part of the problem, I think, you know, no offense, but right. we have to get outside of ourselves. We do. And that was part of my issue. And another part of this is like, okay, um, hmm. I'm okay with isolation, right? Okay. I'm okay with being with me. Right. I'm okay with just hanging out with my dog and my wife. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We we joked about this whole uh, quarantine thing. It's like me, me and my wife were saying, yeah, we, 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 this is like the Olympics, right? We've been practicing this our whole lives. <laughs> but that was part of my recovery too is I had to, no matter how much I didn't want to do something, I had mm-hmm. to go do it. Mm-hmm. And because I did that for two years, the first two years, it's like it helped me – you know, to this day, and it's been, you know, yeah. over 15 years, it's like there's been – there was days when I was like, there's – I don't want to go to a meeting. I just work 10 hours or I just work 12 hours. Right. And, you know, I'm I'm tired. I just want to go home. And, yeah. And I've, you know, I've just gone anyway. I mean, there, there was days where I'm literally – like 10 minutes late for a meeting mm-hmm. and I'm like, I turn left, I go home. If I go straight, I go to the meeting and I'm just like, you know, what, what should I do? I really don't want to go into the meeting late. And I go to uh, stops. I pull up to the stoplight and the meeting list slides out of my visor <laughs> with that meeting highlighted. Right. And I'm like, crap. There you go. Yeah, you know, yeah. and so I go to the meeting and I, you know, I walk in 15 minutes late and, and, you know, it's like, but it was like, I, I needed to be there or someone else needed to hear what I shared that day. Sure. That's kind of how I looked at it is like, you know, um, being in recovery, you know, we, we, you're valuable. You have something to give back, even mm-hmm. if we don't think we do, or we don't think we're, um, we don't think we have the right to, or we don't, we don't think we have anything valuable to say, or we should, we should just sit and be quiet because we were a piece of crap on our life or whatever. It's yeah. like, no, you're, you're still valuable, right? You know, just because you've done some things in your life doesn't mean you're not on the right track or, you know, you have something to share. And that's basically if someone needs a hand, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, I need, you know, I need a ride mm-hmm. or I need somebody to, to open for the meeting yeah, or share the meeting. Right. And, and so doing that and showing up, I don't know how many times I've gone and shared meetings and I'm the only one there. Right. No, yeah. one, no one shows up. Yeah. And one time I, we had about there. three minutes left. So, okay. But anyway, can you do it? So you just show up. So, <laughs> Three minutes. The other thing that I think is super important, um, and anybody, if anybody's interested in, in learning more, they can you know can send in a, a request. But um, when we get back to work or we get back on our feet, it's like, what does that look like? Sometimes we got to reevaluate uh, what we're doing, right? We, um, there's times where we just need to take a whatever a job at McDonald's, you know, as a recovery right? job to start out, sure, to start getting back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where you need to sit down and look at, like, what are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? Uh, and then start working that process to, you know, 
find something that fits that bill. Because I don't know how many times there's been people that have gotten they've gone back to their old job and it's like, you know, they're still miserable. This job sucks. You know, nobody appreciates me. And maybe you you messed up a lot where you're there. And so the, everyone's kind of irritated at you. You know, maybe it's time to move on. Or if it's a job you don't really like, it doesn't matter. Just because it maybe it pays pays all right or pays the bills. Yeah. But you're miserable and you're just, uh, you know, you know, you come home and you're irritating your 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 wife or you know whatever yeah um it's time to start looking and at that and i think that's a super important thing is like look at at you know am i happy in what i'm doing you know do i want to be doing something else and if you do go do it because if you're miserable uh you're you're not going to do things you're going to come home miserable and you're going to you know spread misery point right right it's gonna yeah if you hang out with like negative people and negative situations, you're going to become negative. And so we don't want to do that. We want to, you know, get our integrity. We want to do something positive. And so, and working with a sponsor and going to meetings and, you know, learning about yourself, doing the step work. uh, So let's, we're going to go, let's ask the audience what they think. Do you guys want to extend the show a few minutes? Yeah, they said yes. Okay, we're going to extend it a few minutes. See the power that's there? Right. See what we can do, because I do want to talk about something else in this too. So con- yeah. continue, because this this is important stuff, and I know a lot of you have heard this stuff before, and you keep hearing it. There may be a reason why you keep hearing it. Right. That's that's a whole, that's another topic too. Right. We talk about like if you go to meetings and you know, especially if you're going to meetings every day and you hear the same topic. There may be a good reason up, for that, right? There's probably a reason and you it's something that you need to look at in your own life. Yeah. And not, oftentimes it's not actually what the topic is of the group, but it's the thing that you're hearing people talk about. Yeah. That also resonates in you. Yeah. Um so the idea is to go out and do things that are positive and and another part of that too is when we talk about the only thing you have to change is everything. You know, a big part of that is we talked at the beginning about unplugging. If, yeah, if blow up uh, the TV. I mean, for me, I know watching movies uh, and things like that uh, is a way for me to unplug and decompress. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, you know, I utilize my uh, my Netflix subscription. I don't I don't have them anymore but early in recovery it's like i went in there and looked up everything that was like you know family friendly recovery oriented Mm -hmm. you know even some things that were like you know you watch people like fall apart you know it's about addiction right and and recovery and so some of them weren't they were more about crash and burn but it was the idea is like i I changed the movies that I watched. I changed the music I listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, I I found a whole new world of uh, positive, you know, rock and roll, hard rock. And there's a lot of, you know, Christian rock out there that didn't know it existed. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's I, a lot of positive influences oh. in media. We complain a lot about the negative, right? But that's because right. we're so focused on it. But there's tons of positive. And that's, that's, you know, the, the other big, you know, there's lots of big parts. I'm, you know, you got your list, but changing what you're feeding your spirit. Yeah. Right. If you're feeding your spirit and it goes along the same thing with relationships. If you're with a person that is tearing you down 
or it's all about them, right? Because sometimes we feel like we got to fix things. Like I, I wrecked everything. And so mm-hmm. now I'm responsible. I have to fix it. Well, you can't fix everything in a day. Right. And the biggest change that you need to make is in yourself, right? You need to, because you can't help anybody else unless you help yourself. And so you have to, to work on yourself first. Yep. I mean, me and my wife, uh, we took, we split up for a while. Um, you know, at first it was, you know, I, you know, if everybody else would change. You'd be okay. Or if everybody else would do things my way or they'd right. be fine. That was before I actually got, <clears throat> you know, got really into recovery. But um, I had to work on myself. Mm-hmm. That took that to figure out that it isn't about everyone else. It's yeah. about me. Yeah. And once I started working on myself and fixing what I need to fix in my life and doing the things, changing the negatives into positives, um, I was able to str- get stronger and feeling confident in my, you know, feeling good in my own skin. Um, you know, it was, it was a number of years we actually, and we got back together um, and, I I had to I knew at that point that I expected some pushback because the only thing my wife remembered was the negative stuff. Sure. Right? And so she expected me to be the same way that I was before. Mm-hmm. And it was I'll tell you there were days. Yeah, I <laughs> there bet. There were days. I bet. You know, where I I just wanted to toss her out the window, but I didn't. I went for a walk and then I called my sponsor and I went to a meeting. And I learned you know, it's like what why am I so upset? Mm-hmm. It's like she's just reacting to my the old being. And so right. I just got to keep pushing forward the integrity. Right. Keep doing the, the next right thing, you know. And um, and we, you know, our relationship now is is better than it than it ever yeah. has been. Yeah. And that's, it's, you know, it took some work. We've been together, this year it's 30 years we've been together. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, yeah. minus a few years to, you know, right. work on myself. but. But it um, took work, and that, yeah. and that, and this is what we're saying: you can't rest on your laurels. You you can't just sit back and absorb, you know, all this stuff yeah. and expect not to relapse. Your life isn't going to change by osmosis. No, <laughs> it's not. So we, we we are. I do need to wrap it up, but okay. I, I want I want to uh, I, I want to talk. I want to close out with this because um, so I was talking to one of the guys where I work. Uh, in the recovery center that I work at. And he was telling me, he was sharing with me that, um, yeah, that he'll go for, for a year and a half or two years and then he'll relapse. And I said, so what is the, because I said, what are the things that you're doing for your recovery? He named all these things, right? And I said, so what is missing? What is, he, what is he doing outside of the program, though? Right. But the thing is, well, outside of outside of the program he's in now, he wasn't doing anything. Right. He was being a good dad, quote unquote. He was he was doing all the stuff that the world expects him to do, you know. But he was, unbeknownst to him, he was white knuckling his sobriety. Right. And and so he said, "Well, I go to celebrate recovery." And I said, "Do you go to celebrate recovery, or do you simply attend?" He goes, well, I go, I, I don't go to the small groups afterwards. I just go to the praise and worship and, and, and that. And I went, oh, so you basically going to church. You don't go, you don't go to the meat and potatoes. You, you just, 
eat a little bit of ice cream beforehand and right. then you take off. It, well, I don't I don't like groups like that. Oh, okay. So what about other groups? I suggest he goes, Well, I just don't like that. I said, So how'd that work for you? Where'd you end up? Yeah. You ended up back here again and he laughed and I said, Hey brother, it's not funny because next time it could be your life. Because you're uncomfortable getting real. Right? So it goes back to what I was talking about about you're not letting people know who you really are. Exactly. Because you're afraid that somebody's going to use it against you. Or they're going to run I away. Mean, I, know, or... I know some of our Christian friends that aren't going to like this, but sometimes going just going to celebrate recovery is a cop out. Because you, right? if I go if I'm using 24/7, I got to trade that off for recovery. So I need to do something every day for my recovery and that's why I would go into meetings. So just because you you the AA meeting, you know, talks about higher power and they don't say God or whatever, it's like it doesn't matter. No, you're you there, fill in the blank. You're you there the to blank. learn how to Exactly. to uh recover. You're to there to learn how to change your life and in turn you're gonna help somebody else. It doesn't matter what the letters are in front of the the meeting, it's it's the meat and potatoes, right? Yep, yep. You need yep. to get in there and do the I'm work. I'm so glad you said that. You can sit there in your brain and go, okay, I don't agree with this, uh, but I'm still I, – I can ch- switch that around into what works for me. We go to meetings and we say we take what we need and leave the rest behind. There's a ton, there's lots of meetings I've been to where I, I, I don't agree with a lot of the things, but it doesn't matter. I'm but if that's your focus, that. you're not going to get the right. stuff that you really do need. If I want to change uh, you know? something in a meeting, then I go be a part of the the leadership and I go and right. I try to change things. When I go to a restaurant, I don't order everything that's on the menu. You know what I mean? There's, yeah, or go to the kitchen and say, hey, you should prepare this differently. Uh, no. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, so it is. It's about how free do you want to be? Um, so you can find this. Uh, I'm going to close out with this. You can find uh, this. I, I was I was like, who who wrote this? I was trying to think who wrote this, and I put on the website anonymous because I couldn't remember who wrote it. And then I was reminded that I actually wrote it. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Um, losing? Uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> some time ago, I put this together, but. Um, I, I really believe this to be true. Uh, there are three types of 12-step community members. And you can find this on the website at take12radio.com. You can click on on the little PDF thing and you can print it out if you'd like. Um, but listen to me close because this, this speaks to what we're talking about. You want to prevent relapse. You want to do more than just be abstinent but live a productive life and be of maximum service to God and the people he puts in your life. Listen to this. All right, so there's three types, in my opinion. Um, Type number one, the spectator. Um, They walk into the rooms, uh, the 12-step rooms, recovery rooms, chewed up and spit out. They've experienced some sort of painful experience or thought process that has triggered a desire to change their circumstances. If they could just get a glimpse of what once was, all would be well. If only their life struggles would turn around and benefit them, they would be a better person. After all, isn't it everyone else's fault that they made the choices they did? Then in a fleeting moment of clarity, they admit that they are powerless and concede that their troubles are of their own making. They attend meeting after meeting, believing if they listen to what is being shared day in and day out, they will be just fine. 
They may have even been told that meeting attendance will keep them sober. Though their intentions are good, they seldom move forward in their lives and at best experience short terms of sobriety, always followed by relapse. These are the spectators of the 12-step community who continue to make resolutions but never affirm commitment to the process set before them. They come in, they go out, and if they don't physically die, they rot from within. Type number two, the participator. The participator walks into the rooms, chewed up and spit out. They've experienced some sort of painful experience or thought process that has triggered a desire to change their circumstances. They are energetic and ready to give all they can for the cause of service. After all, they have been told that if they would simply step up to the plate and put everyone else before themselves, all will be well. They may even have been told that service work will keep them sober. These are the participators of the 12-step community. They volunteer for everything and have been instructed never to decline an opportunity to be of service. Though they claim to believe in the literature and the instructions within the fellowship, few of them, ever uh, overzealous folks, ever truly do more than talk about short paragraphs within the pages of the book they have never really read, let alone studied. Though their intentions are good, they seldom move from head knowledge to heart application. Then the day comes when they are so burned out on service work, they default to relapse. They may return to the rooms only to repeat the same behavior. If they don't physically die, they rot from within. And type number three, the convinced. The convinced walks into the rooms, chewed up and spit out. They have experienced some sort of painful experience or thought process that has triggered a desire to change the way they think. They have the desperation that only a drowning person can have. They are willing to take instruction, and when given clear direction, they take it. They do not hesitate. They meet with a sponsor or spiritual advisor, perhaps several times a week. They study the literature and follow the program set forth in its pages, as if their very life depends upon it, because it does. If they should experience a relapse, they immediately continue the recovery process and don't waste time making excuses. They own their mistakes and continue to grow in, on a daily basis. They are firmly grounded in the basic text of their fellowship. They grow from being meeting and service dependent to being fully dependent upon their creator. They have recognized that the steps they took to reach a state of recovered were but tools that showed their need for a power that could do for themselves what no human power could ever do. They are restored to sanity, and as a result, their obsession to use mind-altering substances or vices of any kind is lifted. They have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Because their intentions are to pass on the gift that was given to them, they continue to attend meetings, work with others, and keep close vigil on their own humanism. They do not do these things in order to stay sober. They work with others because they comprehend the truth that they are to be about the business of being of maximum service to God and their fellows. They continue to grow in their understanding of God as they enjoy the freedom that only he can grant. They have experienced a new freedom and a new way of living. These are the convinced of the 12-step community. They are convinced that any life run on self-knowledge and not on a full and complete dependence upon God will never experience true freedom. The convinced have been restored to much more than sobriety. They have been restored to sanity. 
And may I just say that the convinced are the ones that continually practice uh, some of these points that Dave was was mentioning. Uh, you know, uh, going to multiple meetings, even after you've been in the program for a while, going on these road trips where you go with friends to different meetings, uh, being involved in service work, exchanging uh, uh, drug time for recovery time, working those steps, practicing integrity, working with a sponsor, and giving back what's been given to them. They do all of that, right, Dave? Right. They do all of it, not just one or two, and become dependent on those one or two. Right. And and you learn, you know, you have to make adjustments, you know, um, I, it, there's a couple of things I just want to touch on real quick here. If you're going to one meeting a week and your hours change at work and you can't go to that meeting, then what do you do? Right. You, that's why you have to keep an open mind. You have to go and check out various meetings so that if you need to change your schedule, you, you got to be able to balance that scale. Right. right? And yeah. if you're, you know, you're working a program, you know, uh, uh, like what I was describing or similar, um, you will you will see how God works in your life because mm-hmm. we, we talk a lot about being dependent on God, but there's a lot of people that struggle with that out there. What does that look like? So do I sit back and I go, okay, God, you know, send me a job. Yeah. They'll let go of my like God send and me do some nothing. Money. Yeah. Right. It's like, right. no, you actually, I actually have to do something and then God will help me get to where I need to go. Absolutely. If I'm paying attention and, and doing the next right thing. Yeah. You know, there is, you can't sit on your laurels and just expect God will not render us white as snow without our cooperation. Right. And, and, uh, and we have to like, and through the process of recovery, even though we try to do things our own way, you Mm -hmm. know, after, even after years, God will come in there and like set you straight. If you're paying attention, Yeah, you know, uh, I thought one time if I just, you know, play the lottery, Right, yeah. and I and I use you know uh, a, a process. Right, whatever. that's all I want to say. Um, I can you know I can win. I talk to use positive self talk and right. use even principles that they tell you talk about in church. It's like act as if you know you already are there. Right, and have right, this. right. And you know, God said, "Okay, we're going to lay you off." Right, because <laughs> I was thinking I I would like to go back to school. Right. And still have money to support my family. Right. So now I have time to go to school and I have an income from unemployment. Wow. You know, this wow. was this was back in you know, 2007. Right. Um, and that started my that process of going to school. Right. Well, my best thinking or my at the time just wasn't right. But I knew... When that happened, that this is God's way of answering my prayer, mm. just not in the way that I that had, you had planned. planned. Right, right. Yeah. He, la- he likes to laugh at my plans. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how he works like that. But yeah, I just you know, uh, do the work. Get out there and don't overthink it. Just follow the instructions. Just you know, <laughs> just yeah. Just show up, suit up, and and be of service. And that's that's how you start the process. And then as you go through. You know, yeah. you will learn more about yourself. You'll figure this out. And if you don't, then you got to, you know, you, you ch- look at what you right. You did, you need to work on. Go right. back and replay this uh, episode and, and think through the process. It's like, yeah. no, there's something missing. And if there's, if, if some of these points that we pointed out and that Dave talked about, if, if some of them uh, uh, are distasteful to you, 
Well, buck up, Buttercup. Maybe you need to try. I mean, well, I don't like doing that. Oh, well, do you like living on the street with a needle in your arm? Is that it's, what you like? It's the old, I well, mean, let me know how that works out for you. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing to me, people that will come in broken and absolutely appearing to be a full of, of an attitude of surrender, and then they start feeling a little better, and all of a sudden, they're these recovery gurus that know all the answers, and then they're back out there using again. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, and even after years of being years, you don't you don't figure you don't it, stuff doesn't really go away entirely. Like I think about using, I listen to people talking about their recovery or their relapse, and I you know there's times where I think, oh, I wonder if I could do that, right? And then I but I process it. Yeah, but if I did. Then you see, this, you're able to process this would it happen. Now. You're able to keep it green now right. because of what you did then. Right. You can't do that in early recovery, so you've got to follow the instructions that people lay before you. And that's the, you know, people think, oh, you, you know, you must not have any problems anymore. It's like, no, I got all kinds of issues, but I can work through them. We approach I have them a, differently. I have yeah. a solution now. Amen. You know, and I think positive, and I keep try to keep positive people around me. Well, one of the biggest solutions, one of the the biggest things we really promote, uh, and, and you and you talked about it, uh, give back what's been given to you. Exactly. Um, our closing song is called simply called "Reach Out" by recovery recording artist Hillary Roberts, uh, a beautiful lady with beautiful music that really that really tells it all as far as one of the greatest tools to prevent relapse. Get out of yourself and reach out to somebody who is less fortunate. Here's Hillary. She wakes up every morning Going through the same routine Coffee and her nicotine In her eyes there's a story A broken home that she's been through Left alone for someone new And she's in need Of a hand that won't let go A love that she can see And you, you can be The beginning of a change All she wants is to believe Reach out Show her there's a lot of love to go around Yeah, yeah Reach out You can
Hillary Roberts. For more of her great recovery music, visit her website at hillaryroberts.com. All right, until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with Dave Fleming reminding you because of God's incredible grace and favor, you are entitled to overcome. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.